1 Samuel chapter 14. Now it happened on a day that Jonathan the son of Saul said to the young man who bore his armour, Come, let's go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he didn't tell his father. Saul stayed in the uttermost part of Gibeah under the pomegranate tree which is in Migron, and the people who were with him were about 600 men, including Ahijah the son of Ahitab, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli the priest of Yahweh in Shiloh, wearing an ephod. And the people did not know that Jonathan was gone. Between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistines' garrison, there was a rocky crag on the one side and a rocky crag on the other side. And the name of the one was Bozes and the name of the other Senna. The one crag rose up on the north in front of Michmash and the other on the south in front of Geba. Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armour, Come, let's go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that Yahweh will work for us, for there is no restraint on Yahweh to save by many or by few. His armour-bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go, and behold, I am with you according to your heart. Then Jonathan said, Behold, we will pass over to the men, and we will reveal ourselves to them. If they say this to us, Wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and will not go up to them. But if they say this, come up to us, then we will go up, for Yahweh has delivered them into our hand. This shall be a sign to us. Both of them revealed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines, and the Philistines said, Behold, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have hidden themselves. The men of the garrison answered Jonathan and his armour-bearer and said, Come up to us and we will show you something. Jonathan said to his armour-bearer, Come up after me, for Yahweh has delivered them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up on his hands and on his feet, and his armour-bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan, and his armour-bearer killed them after him. The first slaughter which Jonathan and his armour-bearer made was about twenty men, within, as it were, half a furrow's length in an acre of land. There was a trembling in the camp, in the field, and among all the people. The garrison and also the raiders also trembled, and the earth quaked, so there was an exceedingly great trembling. The watchmen of Saul in Gibeah of Benjamin looked, and behold, the multitude melted away and scattered. Then Saul said to the people who were with him, Count now and see who is missing from us. When they had counted, behold, Jonathan and his armour-bearer were not there. Saul said to Ahijah, Bring God's ark here, for God's ark was with the children of Israel at that time. While Saul talked to the priest, the tumult that was in the camp of the Philistines went on and increased. And Saul said to the priest, Withdraw your hand. Saul and all the people who were with him were gathered together and came to the battle. And behold, they were all striking each other with their swords in very great confusion. Now the Hebrews who were with the Philistines before and who went up with them into the camp from all around even they also turned to be with the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. Likewise, all the men of Israel who had hidden themselves in the hill country of Ephraim, when they heard that the Philistines fled, even they also followed hard after them in battle. So Yahweh saved Israel that day, and the battle passed over by Beth-Avon. The men of Israel were distressed that day, for Saul had endured the people, saying, Cursed is the man who eats any food until it is evening, and I am avenged of my enemies. 
so none of the people tasted food. All the people came into the forest, and there was honey on the ground. When the people had come to the forest, behold, honey was dripping. But no one put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. But Jonathan didn't hear when his father commanded the people with the oath. Therefore he put out the end of the rod that was in his hand, and dipped it in the honeycomb, and put his hand to his mouth, and his eyes brightened. Then one of the people answered and said, Your father directly commanded the people with an oath, saying, Cursed is the man who eats food today, so the people were faint. Then Jonathan said, My father has troubled the land. Please look how my eyes have brightened because I tasted a little of this honey. How much more if perhaps the people had eaten freely today of the plunder of their enemies which they found. For now there has been no great slaughter among the Philistines. They struck the Philistines that day from Michmash to Aijalon. The people were very faint. And the people pounced on the plunder and took sheep, cattle and calves and killed them on the ground and the people ate them with the blood. Then they told Saul, saying, Behold, the people are sinning against Yahweh, and that they eat meat with the blood. He said, You have dealt treacherously. Roll a large stone to me today. Saul said, Disperse yourselves among the people and tell them, Every man bring me here his ox, and every man his sheep, and kill them here and eat, and don't sin against Yahweh in eating meat with the blood. All the people brought every man his ox with him that night and killed them there. Saul built an altar to Yahweh. This was the first altar that he built to Yahweh. Saul said, Let's go down after the Philistines by night and take plunder among them until the morning light. Let's not leave a man of them. They said, Do whatever seems good to you. Then the priest said, Let's draw near here to God. Saul asked counsel of God, Shall I go down after the Philistines? Will you deliver them into the hand of Israel? But he didn't answer him that day. Saul said, Draw near here, all you chiefs of the people, and know and see in whom this sin has been today. For as Yahweh lives, who saves Israel, though it is Jonathan my son, he shall surely die. But there was not a man among all the people who answered him. Then he said to all Israel, You be on one side, and I and Jonathan my son will be on the other side. The people said to Saul, Do what seems good to you. Then Saul said to Yahweh, the God of Israel, Show the right. Jonathan and Saul were chosen, but the people escaped. Saul said, Cast lots between me and Jonathan, my son. And Jonathan was selected. Then Saul said to Jonathan, Tell me what you have done. Jonathan told him and said, I certainly did taste a little honey with the end of the rod that was in my hand, and behold, I must die. Saul said, God do so and more also. You shall surely die, Jonathan. The people said to Saul, Shall Jonathan die, who has worked this great salvation in Israel? Far from it. As Yahweh lives, there shall not one hair of his head fall to the ground, for he has worked with God today. So the people rescued Jonathan, so he didn't die. Then Saul went up from following the Philistines, and the Philistines went to their own place. Now when Saul had taken the kingdom over Israel, he fought against all his enemies on every side against Moab, and against the children of Ammon, and against Edom, and against the kings of Zobah, and against the Philistines. Wherever he turned himself, he defeated them. He did valiantly instruct the Amalekites, and delivered Israel out of the hands of those who plundered them. 
Now the sons of Saul were Jonathan, Ishvi, and Malkishua, and the names of his two daughters were these. The name of the firstborn, Mirab, the name of the younger, Michael. The name of Saul's wife was Ahinoam, the daughter of Ahimaaz. The name of the captain of his army was Abner, the son of Ner, Saul's uncle. Kish was the father of Saul, and Ner, the father of Abner, was the son of Abiel. There was severe war against the Philistines all the days of Saul, and when Saul saw any mighty man or any valiant man, he took him into his service. So in this chapter, um, we've got a great victory by Jonathan at Michmash. And um, what happens is that uh, in the last chapter, the army was melting away out of fear so that there were only 600 men left with Saul, but across the bluff, and I guess there was like a, a wadi, a wadi is like a valley, a deep valley, with water flowing down sometimes, but not always, and, um, and there's these two sides, and the Philistines are on one side near Michmash, and the Israelites are on the other side near Geba, and Saul's got 600 people, but all of his soldiers have melted away because of fear. Some of them even joined the Philistine army, some of them went across the Jordan River, but Jonathan says to his armor bearer, Let's go up. And he, he, sets the, he says to his armor bearer, the Lord can deliver by many or by few. In other words, he's thinking we can have a battle and we can win even though there's just the two of us by few. And he says to Jonathan, if they say, uh, you know, basically they were going to show themselves to the Philistines and if the Philistines see them and, and yell out, stay there, we're coming for you, it was a sign to not engage them in battle. But if the Philistines say, come up here, it was a sign that the Lord was going to give them into their hands. Now, I don't know how he knew that that was a sign, because that doesn't seem like the typical thing. You'd think if you're going to have an attack, you'd want a surprise attack. But he shows himself to the uh, Philistines, and they say, come on up. And So Jonathan goes up with his armor bearer, and they're climbing up the side of a cliff with their hand and with their feet. Now, I don't know if you can see this clearly, uh, but this is Micmash. And um, you can see the two cliff sides. This is a photo from modern times. And in that, um, the armies were camped on the top on the both sides. And Jonathan and Saul climbed up those cliffs and they started attacking the Philistines. And it says they killed about 20 of them in the space of a furlong. And so it's, it's this small area of about half an acre. And they, they managed to kill 20 people in combat. And in that moment, the Philistines start panicking and there's also a well-timed earthquake. The Lord adds an earthquake right in that moment. So the Philistine garrison that's there on the hill suddenly realizes, well, men are dying and there's an earthquake and they suddenly are filled with fear and they start to panic and flee. And it's in that moment, all the Israelites that had gone over to the Philistine sides, they realize, oh, we want to be on the winning side. <laughs> they switch. So all of a sudden, the Philistines are fighting against themselves too, except some of the ones fighting against them have now switched sides. And so a great battle happens, and the Philistines are defeated. And then the battle moves on from there to Beth-Avon. So I guess the Philistines were spread throughout the land, kind of controlling it, and they have garrisons in different places. And part of the process of taking the land back is, is knocking them off bit by bit through the land. And so they have a victory here at Michmash, and the Philistines pull back to the next point. Beth Avon. And, um, but of course, Saul does this dumb thing. He, he makes a, an oath and says, if anyone eats any food today, he's going to be cursed. 
which is a dumb thing to do in battle because people need energy when they're fighting. But these soldiers go all day long with no eating and they're very faint, it says. And then Jonathan, of course, doesn't know that. He eats honey. And Saul says, as surely as the Lord lives, you will die. But the people don't let Saul put him to death. What we see here is a contrast between these two people. We see Saul, he's afraid. And he seems to be afraid in all the stories. You know, in the David and Goliath story, Saul's afraid he won't go out and fight. In so many stories, Saul's afraid. And he's afraid here. And we see that he also makes dumb decisions. He, he does things that make it harder for the people. Like he says, no one's allowed to eat. You know, why would you say that in the middle of a battle? Apparently, he wanted them to fast so that they'd have the Lord's favour. And, um, and in, this, in this chapter too, um, uh, what's his name? Ahijah the priest is there. And he says to Ahijah, bring the ark. And they're, they're in the process of consulting the Lord. And then he says to the priest, hold your hand. He stops consulting the Lord and just gets into the battle. And there's this crazy moment where he's in the process of seeking to find out what the Lord wants. And then he just assumes, oh, the Philistines are fleeing. God must be in it. Let's go after them. And you know what? The Lord was in it. But we see this crazy thing where he's assumed and, and he stopped inquiring of the Lord. And I was thinking about that and I thought, we all do this. I've done this. It's where we, we want to know what the Lord wants. But when we see certain circumstances in our lives, let's say they're good circumstances, we just assume, because they're good, that God must be in it or God must be approving of it. Well, think about that for a minute. There are a lot of people all around the world that have good things happen to them, but God's not in them all. And just because something seems to be good doesn't mean that God's in favour of it. Just this morning, I, after thinking about this, I repented of that because there was something I had assumed God was in and I realised I just, I just had thought that because it was turning out well. And I just said to the Lord, I'm so sorry about that. You know, is this what you want us to do? this thing because we only want to do things that we know the Lord is in we certainly don't want to say to the you know to the listening process you know stop which is what Saul did there in this chapter and in the end um, Jonathan is he, he's the opposite of Saul he's someone that trusts the Lord he, he goes out with just him and his armor bearer and they attack the Philistines he says the Lord can deliver by many or by few and so he's you know, Jonathan would have made a great king. He never became the king. But you can see why him and later on David became real one in heart because they were both the same type of person. They're both people that just love the Lord and both were so brave. And we really should learn an example from these type of people and be like them. Heavenly Father, we, we realise right now that there's so often we assume your will and we don't seek you. Or well, like Saul started to seek you but then stopped. Lord, forgive us for the times we have not sought your will and we've just assumed. And also, Lord, forgive us for being so afraid so much like Saul. But Lord, give to us, I pray today, the courage of Jonathan. Give to us the courage of David. I pray that you would cause us to be mighty people who serve you, willing to do what you want, willing to fight in prayer. I ask, Lord, that these graces would be given to us in Jesus' name. Amen.